Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 95 Put Down the Needle. It isn't the I gotta have all the cunt thing, Jess, I said when I could get words to come out of my mouth. Not this time. Can a guy feel outrage on behalf of another guy? You mean the boyfriend? Yeah! But Paul, you're not even sure the girl was having sex with Tony. This is the downside of therapy. When the therapist thinks your mental issues are caused by you instead of some asshole. She asked me to do a thought experiment where I'm imagining Belinda didn't have a boyfriend and I knew for sure she was fucking Parp, and all to prove Parp was just a foil for my endless seething. Of course I was still angry in the thought experiment. Of course I still have the I have to have all the cunt thing. That's not fair, I said. It can be both. Proving I have migraines doesn't mean somebody didn't just kick me in the face. I'm definitely angry that Big Butt was cheating on her boyfriend, except that, yeah, I can't really prove in a court of law that she was. I was up on my feet at that point. I paced around the office for half a minute. I sat down again. Paul, you were insulted and humiliated by an attractive young woman, Jessica said, and I'm so sorry this happened to you. But isn't that what this preoccupation with Belinda's boyfriend's honor or feelings is all about? Trying to avoid dealing with your own humiliation? Yes, I whined like a little kid. You know, when we're children, we tend to fantasize a lot about what our encounters with the opposite sex will be like, what our spouses will be like, what our girlfriends will look like and act like and do for us, and what they'll know and not know, and how smart and sexy they'll be. The places they'll want to take us. We start with this fantasy, and then we encounter people in the real world and try to fit them into the role we've made for them. And when we find someone who's a near match, or as close as we can get, we tend, over time, to miss the parts of the fantasy they aren't giving us. I didn't understand a word of that. Suppose you have a woman who fulfills all of the sexual parts of that fantasy, but none of the intellectual parts. Or you love going to baseball games and you imagine she would come with you, except that in real life she hates sports. She isn't perfect, so you start to hold that against her. Sounds like you're talking about me and the wife. Right now I don't want you to come to any judgments about individuals. Think of this person as the generic woman. A combination of all the women you've been attracted to in your life. Let's just consider the phenomenon first. As a theory, we grow up and fantasize about what a significant other will be like, and we try to fit candidates into that fantasy. But we don't tend to do that with casual friends, say, friends of the same sex. We don't generally grow up thinking we need a friend to go scuba diving with, or to go jogging with, or drinking with. We collect a lot of friends, and the natures of the friendships evolve from what we like doing together. 
If we have a lot of fun at the beach with a friend, we don't tend to get angry that she doesn't also want to go fishing with us. Fishing? Make it hiking if you don't like fishing. Okay, I get it. That makes sense. Imagine you have a sexual assignation with a woman, a woman like Cameron, and you go in with no expectations the way you would with a friendship, and you let your relationship evolve from what you enjoyed doing together. You explore together, have an adventure, and after a while you notice that your relationship has a certain character, rather than expecting to fit her into a role you've preconceived. So you're saying I have too many expectations or preconceptions? Put yourself in this situation. You're on your way to meet Cameron, only this time you have no expectations. You are there for whatever happens, you are just going to have fun. Fuck it, I said. That's what Parp said. In my head, I mean. Just before I knocked on the door of the hotel room, I heard his voice in my imagination saying, Why don't you just have fun? Well, how am I supposed to have fun with him sabotaging me with chemicals and calling me up to make me feel like a loser like he did the first time? She'd been smiling a little when I started to talk, but now her face was hard, like a picture of a poker face. Then she said, I want you to consider going cold turkey with Tony. Just take a break. No phone, no text, no email, no contact. Just get him out of your life for a while. It was like she told me to put down the needle. No doubt a good idea, but could I do it? Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2022, by Dan Wrench.